Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome. Let's be bold. Let's boast. Newsbusters is your location for democracy and truth and respect for the facts. We love all of these things. We don't have a monopoly on all these wonderful things. We don't go around, put on a top hat and tails, you know, like the old guy in the Monopoly game, and anoint ourselves as the embodiment of all things truth and democracy. That is what the left does. That's what they're doing right now. The Democrats and Joe Biden are all, they're all running for president saying, we are democracy and you guys are not democracy. So they pose as God's apostles of truth and then try to suggest that is not a partisan take. That is not biased. I squinched up my face the other day when Brian Stelter tweeted out video of himself saying it's not biased or partisan to tug on the side of truth. Now over in the MRC TV room, uh, the retort would probably be, well, you're certainly tugging on something there, pal. Uh, but let's just look at the stage here. This is Stelter on the Joy Reed Show, the readout, otherwise known as the freakout, where you're saying you're not biased or partisan when you're a guest of Joy Reed's. Please. Now, Curtis Hauk is rolling his eyes at this segment because Joy Reed's talking about judges being swatted. That's this scary thing where. Somebody makes a call and the cops show up at your house because of some phony crime in progress claim. Joy did not note this is actually happening to a lot of Republicans right now. It is not a prank. It is dangerous, not just for the politicians involved, but for the law enforcement officials. It's just another risky situation where some policemen can shoot at the wrong time and become grist for Joy Reid. Now, this is certainly a problem in our politics uh, on both sides, but Joy had to say that Judge Tanya Chutkin, who's overseeing a Trump case, is, of course, at risk of being killed in a swatting because she's a black woman. And Brian is nodding along because, you know, he loves truth and facts. Now, News and facts are not exactly the same thing. News is often an emerging picture of what we've just learned. Breaking news is often the least factual thing because there's stuff we still need to learn. News on the regular is the Republican said this, the Democrat said that. And what happens is the Republican thinks the Democrat's full of beans and the Democrat thinks the Republican's full of beans. The media is supposed to present both sides. They often don't do that now. But let's not suggest that every time you're doing a newscast, it's all facts. It's not all facts. And cable news today thrives on speculation and inferences and conspiracies and hot takes, and those are not the same as facts. We... Uh, the media and the people who analyze the media need some humility and you're not going to get it on cable. That's where the audiences want 
swaggering opinions. I mean, obviously, when people try to do news, it bores people to death. You know, news nations trying to just do news. But people, the audiences, want the hot takes. Now, the problem with Stelter is that he and his group never, ever revisit where their speculation and their conspiracy theories were wrong. Collusions with the Russians. Trump colluding. P-tapes. The claim that the Hunter Biden laptop was pure Russian disinformation. Wrong. The belief that everything Anthony Fauci ever said on COVID was the gospel truth, even when he contradicted himself. He was somehow correct no matter which side he landed on. We don't need masks. We do need masks. He's right both times. Now, Stelter's on the Joy Reid show to talk about, you know, his book's theme, how Fox News built a mountain of lies about Trump winning in 2020 and how that led to January 6th and it led to a $787 million settlement with Dominion. And then how Fox's audience is rabid and radicalized and dangerous and in love with lies. So uh, Brian's talking about how now they're cozy in bed with Trump again with uh, Brett Baer and uh, Martha McCallum counter-programming the CNN Republican debate. Here is exactly what Brian said to Joy. But ultimately, they are trying to please an audience that has been so radicalized that wants to believe only the worst about anyone not named Trump. And that is the scary part. Ultimately, to me at least, I don't know about you, Joy, to me the scary part's not really Trump anymore. It is why the yeah. audience is so radicalized. And in this environment, the news media, we're playing tug of war. We're in the middle of a tug of war between the truth and terrible disinformation. It is not biased yeah. or partisan to tug on the side of truth. And, and that swatting right. attempt, I'm worried we're gonna see a lot more of that. I'm glad you brought it up. I'm worried we're gonna see a lot more of that kind of attempt to intimidate and, uh, and to shut people out of the public square. That last sentence is the worst of it because Stelter and his cranky old colleague Oliver Darcy are all about shutting people up. They're all about intimidating you out of being conservative or out of being uh, anti-vax or something. I mean, for example, Darcy was just cheerleading for shutting up Aaron Rodgers on ESPN. Get that guy removed from the Pat McAfee show. And that crusade was successful because... You can't make jokes about Jimmy Kimmel. Not on ABC properties. That gets you canceled. Jimmy Kimmel can say vicious things about you and nothing will happen because Disney is woke and Jimmy Kimmel isn't accountable to anyone. Now, earlier in this segment, Brian Stelter was borrowing this Margaret Sullivan trope, the reality-based world. This is where that whole notion of we're not partisan we are not biased, but if you listen to the way Brian says this, he, he, he defines it. The reality-based world is Democrats, moderates, independents, and Chris Christie. Surely Liz Cheney. Uh, you must oppose Trump as a mortal threat to America, or somehow you don't fit this category of based in reality. That is a biased and partisan take. Reality isn't just whatever... Brian Stelter thinks today that is a biased take. So here's that part of the conversation. All the coverage over the weekend of the January 6th anniversary, look, I was a part of it. I was part of the problem probably on social media. We all focused so much on that single day, and there's a lot of good reasons why. 
But January 6th has become shorthand for something much, much bigger. And I think that's the challenge for anybody reality-based, Democrats, moderates, independents, Chris Christie, anybody in the reality-based world. We've got to make clear that we're talking, when we say January 6th, about something that actually built up for months and months and months. Ultimately, this is about the entire Trump presidency. And what went wrong on January 6th is because of what went wrong in those months and even years beforehand. So Fox News should have to reconsider after January 6th that they put on people making unproven conspiracy claims about Venezuelan voting machines or whatever, and they paid through the nose for that. But CNN put on wild-eyed partisans making unproven conspiracy claims about Trump, and Brian Stelter just dismisses it all. That's all truth and democracy, truth and democracy, baby. Isn't that convenient? But it's biased as hell. Uh, oh, and um, Greg Gutfeld's comedy show loves making fun of Stelter, like almost on a nightly basis. Uh, often it's just about him being bald or, or eating too much or whatever. And Brian Stelter isn't really any fatter than I am. I, <laughs> he looks heavy on TV sometimes. So do I. Uh, I wouldn't want to compare body mass indexes. You know, I'll make that New Year's resolution again. Anyway, it was a pretty sweet pairing for Gutfeld to make fun of Brian as he's making fun of Don Lemon getting a show on X or or Twitter, as we like to call it. Uh, this was the whole take. I'm truly in heaven. It's the return of Don Lemon. <laughs> yeah, the former CNN host has announced his new show on X. X, of course, is also the Roman numeral 10, which is how many viewers Don used to get on CNN. <laughs> Says, quote, I've heard you, and today I am back bigger, bolder, freer. I hope he's not talking about going commando. But, but he says, I've heard you? Who is you? Who is he talking about? Was there a clamoring for his return, and was it coming from the voices in his head? Or when he hears someone at the many bars he frequents ask for a lemon, did he assume they meant him? <laughs> Sorry, the only thing we heard after he was fired was how did he last so long? He's calling the show the Don Lemon Show and adds, I know, I, now, I know now more than ever that we need a place for honest debate and discussion without the hall monitors. This is just the beginning, so stay tuned. Wow, calling out the hall monitors. He just launched, and he's already making fun of his old co-worker, Brian Stelter. Yes, in Brian's hall monitor world, Joe Biden never says anything that could be categorized as a lie. Joe Biden never deserves a pants-on-fire ruling. In fact, since he uh, took office, Joe Biden got a pants-on-fire ruling once. You know, Trump gets them like every five days or, or so. Now, I tried to make this point in my last column about how Joe Biden kicked off his re-election campaign with two speeches, one in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, near Valley Forge. Somehow Joe Biden thinks he's George Washington. And he, he made a speech in Charleston at the church with the, that had that horrendous shooting where the racist kid, uh, you know, sat in a Bible study with people and then blew them away. It's just a horrible, horrible picture. And, of course, Obama and Biden love showing up there to, uh, to sort of exploit that event. And the point I was making was Joe Biden says stuff all the time that could be fact-checked. And they haven't been fact-checked. Now, some of these are pretty common. For example, Biden said in, in Pennsylvania, 
Trump is willing to sacrifice our democracy. Now, you could say he didn't concede he lost the election, uh, there was a riot, so on and so forth. But, you know, if we're going to be literal, as fact-checkers often are with Republicans, Trump is currently running for president. He doesn't have tanks in the streets. You know, so this sort of thing. Uh, you know, when it came to January 6th, Biden said more than 1,200 people have been charged for their assault on the Capitol. But now, obviously not everyone charged on that day was charged with violence. They were, they were prosecuting grandmas who took selfies for their Facebook page. You know, the QAnon shaman, as weird and wacky as that guy was, did he hit a cop? Did he assault anyone? They get really upset when you say he walked around with, you know, the cops were escorting him. Well, he wasn't fighting with the cops. He was just weird, and he had weird opinions. And so much of this prosecution sometimes is about, well, we have to prosecute these guys and give them really long sentences to set an example um, and, uh, if you're, if you rioted in the summer of 2020, well, you don't necessarily need a sentence. If you're blocking, uh, traffic for Palestine, you know, you get a slap on the wrist. That's not violence. That's not an assault. Well, it's something. It's certainly inspiring people to want to punch you in the face or drag you off to the curb. Um, then there's this whole line about how, uh, and the libs all do this. You know, Biden said, they're out there to ban books. Did you ever think you'd be at a political event talking about book banning, said Biden? Well, look, this is the, you know, when you say, I don't want a book in the middle school library that's a comic book about masturbation, you know, a masturbation scene or an oral sex scene. And if you say, I don't think that should be in our middle school library, they call that a book ban. Or when, when you say book ban, it sounds like that book has been removed from the world. Like you can't find it at Amazon. You can't own it in your own home. More power to you if that's your idea of a good time. Book ban, you know, I always say this. When it comes to book bans, let's go back to books that are critical of transgenderism. Ryan T. Anderson, Abigail Schreier. The books that they've written, Irreversible Damage, Abigail Schreier. Is that in a middle school library? I bet you it's not. You know why? Because librarians get to be censors. Librarians get to choose. Librarians never ban books. They just prevent certain books from being put in the library. That's what the fight is over. So I always say, try to get some books put into the library, and sh we'll see who the book banners are. And then there was more in the Charleston speech. Biden took it up a notch, saying the Republicans, I think, is the they here. They're trying to erase history and your future. Erasing your future? Doesn't that sound like they're going to kill you? They're banning books. They're denying your right to vote. They're destroying diversity, equality, inclusion all across America. Well, now you're using code words. And as we all know, the E isn't equality, it's equity. And there's a difference. But, of course, it's Joe Biden, so he just babbles. You know, they're denying your right to vote. No, they're asking for an ID. <sighs> Joe Biden, you know. And then there was this, you know, he just does, and then he just does the bragging about his family and stuff. I've spent more time in the Bethel AME Church in Wil Wilmington than most people I know, black or white. That's where it started. It started with the Civil Rights Movement. Now, obviously, 
Biden is not in this church every Sunday, so he's not in the church as much as the blacks who go there. And then this whole idea that he started with the civil rights movement, he says this all the time. But, you know, he admitted in 1987, as the New York Post reported, I was not an activist in the 60s. I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not every, anywhere else. But he, he does make this claim about he was in the civil rights movement, just like he claimed he was arrested in South Africa when he went to see Nelson Mandela, you know. He didn't say that in the Charleston speech. He did go on this jaunt about Bo. We had buried my son Bo, a veteran who was exposed and died because of those burn pits in Iraq. In this case, factcheck.org has previously taken on Biden here, saying there's no evidence at this point that burn pits led to cancer in veterans. And then I just get upset with this whole idea. Biden's son was a military lawyer. He was the attorney general of Delaware when he was serving in Iraq. He was preparing to run for governor. You know, why he wouldn't set aside his duties of attorney general while he's in Iraq is weird. Because he wanted to do both. He wanted to be in the office and he wanted to be in Iraq. It's very political. But, you know, how does Biden phrase it? My son, a veteran was in Iraq, and he makes it sound like he was G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. That just always bugs me. Anyway, the, the whole theme here that they want to say is, don't pay attention to Biden on the border. Don't pay attention to Biden and inflation. Don't pay attention to Biden's disastrous foreign policy decisions, like the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, just for one. No, Trump's going to end democracy, so you, you have to vote for Biden or else you hate democracy. That's tiresome, but that is the media for you. And so we're, we got to push back against that, and we got to say democracy is what we bring to you when we say you are biased, you are partisan, you are not reliable as some kind of objective source of information. And that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.